In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The second Sunday after Christmas is one of a handful of feasts for which the prayer book provides an Old Testament lesson for the epistle. Isaiah 61 is the passage Jesus read and preached about in his first act of public ministry in his hometown synagogue of Nazareth. He proclaimed himself to be the fulfillment of this prophecy from Isaiah. The Messianic proclamation of Isaiah 61 is clothed in the Old Testament concept of the Jubilee year. God commanded that every 50th year in Israel was to be a year of Jubilee. Leviticus says, quote, you shall make the trumpet sound throughout all your land and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. In the Jubilee year, all land was to be returned to its original owner. In Israel, all land belonged to the families of Israel by tribe. It was a right of inheritance. The land could not be sold. The most one could do was to sell the rights to one's property and the income from the property until the year of Jubilee, when the property would have to be restored to its original owner. This prohibited the accumulation and control of property by just a few people. Slaves were also released during the Jubilee year. One way a person could survive if he had become poor, fallen into debt, was to sell himself and his family and his labor to another. The Jubilee limited the degree to which one could do this and provided for his eventual freedom. It does not appear that the Jubilee regulations were observed in any sustained way in Israel. The oppression of the poor by the rich who had not returned property, canceled debt, or set people free was a chief complaint of prophets like Amos. Thus, God, through Isaiah, promised that a day would come when he would send the Messiah to fulfill the promise of the Jubilee year. Isaiah 61 expands the Jubilee promise. It talks of opening the prison to those who are bound. This does not mean that murderers would be set free to wreak havoc on society. The prisons here would be debtors' prisons, filled with those who had been exploited by economic activity ungoverned by Torah principles. Isaiah talks about recovery of sight for the blind, about healing for the brokenhearted, about joy for mourners, and, quote, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, transformations that call to mind the Beatitudes and Magnificat. The promise of the Jubilee connects with the new year and the promise and hope for better things. People make resolutions in the new year to live in a new way, which reflects a basic human desire to start over, to, to begin again. However, much of the new year promise goes unfulfilled as resolutions fail and life returns to its former patterns. 
This is so because the promise of Jubilee requires the presence of the one upon whom the Spirit of God rests. Mere human willpower and resolve is not enough to bring about the advent of the truly new year. For this reason, we ought to be cautious about getting caught up in the annual practice of making bold resolutions destined for failure. We ought to place greater emphasis on the ongoing work of God in our lives. We ought to focus on the daily renewal through the Holy Spirit of which our Christmas Day colic speaks. For us, the Jubilee is a continual experience, not merely an annual wish. We are continually putting off the old man through repentance and confession. And we are continually putting on the new man through the grace that God gives us. We are continually being set free from guilt, fear, and harmful patterns of behavior. We are continually learning to live and think in new ways. Moreover, the popular sense of change in the new year tends to focus on things that are temporary, whereas God's work within us focuses on things that are eternal. For example, many people resolve to get thin or exercise more in the new year. There's nothing wrong with these goals, but they are not necessarily connected with holiness or virtue. It is quite possible to lose weight, exercise more, and also in the process grow more distant from God. The change that accompanies the acceptable year of the Lord is focused on different things. God teaches us to become less selfish and to love in new ways. God helps us to acquire new virtues in the place of our former sinful tendencies. God gives us the grace we need to grow in faith, hope, and charity. 